the Apostle Peter told the first century Christians that he was writing to them and his purpose was to stir up their pure minds by way of remembrance. He felt it was necessary and very important to remind them of the things that they had been taught. The writer of Hebrews said we ought to give the more earnest heed lest at any time the things which we have heard or give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. That's my intent this morning, is to refresh our memory, and to call to our attention the things, some, a few things that will help us in our walk with God. You know, people's perspectives are different. Their attitudes are different, different and depending upon our attitudes is how we view life how well we cope with life, and how we respond to less than uh, ideal conditions or situations. You know, the Apostle Paul had a rather unique perspective. He said, for I have learned whatever state I'm in, therewith to be content. Paul lived in a time of political unrest, an oppressive government, and he lived with the a possibility every day of losing his life because of his faith. Yet he maintained a positive attitude. Paul feared nothing that was going on around him because of his reliance on God. Paul told uh, Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 verse 12, he says, For the which cause I also suffer these things, Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Paul gave the Corinthians a pep talk, encouraging them to stay positive amid all the persecution, to remain focused. In 2 Corinthians 4, Begin with verse number 16. Paul said, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. You know, I don't know why we react negatively to almost everything. But it seems that we do. You know, anxiety, worry, dissatisfaction has never solved the problem. It has never made things better. It has never paid a bill. And it has not never replaced a job. On the other hand, these negative emotions have caused us many problems. Worry, anxiety... All these things caused a lot of problems. And still, the problem has not been resolved. I'm sure you've heard the saying that a person will look at a, a glass of water that's, uh, uh, and view it as half full. While yet another person will view that same glass as being half empty. This morning, I want to ask you, what is your perspective? I'll be perfectly honest. 
I struggle with trying to remain positive. With everything that goes on around us, it's hard at times. But we have to condition ourselves and prepare ourselves for our walk with God. This morning, I want to talk about a few things. Number one, that our attitudes are contagious. Number two, that negative attitudes will cripple our productivity. How that emotions, our emotions are easily manipulated by our surroundings and other people. And that by altering our uh, perspectives and changing our attitudes, we can live a happier and more productive life. Number one, attitudes are contagious. If you remember, uh, in Numbers, the 14th chapter, and uh, some chapters prior to that, we read of the children of Israel coming out of uh, Egyptian bondage. How that they left Egypt and the armies pursued them. They came to uh, the land of Canaan. And they decided to send 12 spies into the land to spy out the land. And these spies were to go in, check things out, and return and report to the people. Now both the positive and the negative were present on that day. Joshua and Caleb saw the positive in the situation. They came back and reported to the people, it's a land that flows with milk and honey. The other ten spies came back. They had seen exactly the same things that Joshua saw and Caleb saw. And they reported, oh no, there's giants in the land. And we're as grasshoppers in their sight and we cannot take them. They would not listen to positive reasoning of Joshua and Caleb that God will fight our battles and deliver them into our hands. The people listened to the negative reasoning of the majority. How soon they had forgotten that they had been delivered from Egypt and the armies of Egypt was destroyed that pursued them. Israel provoked God to anger. Were there consequences? Absolutely. The people that was 20 years old and older that had murmured against God were not allowed to ever enter in to the land of Canaan to that promised land I believe this is an example of what happens when you have several voices promoting that oh woe is me attitude and make no mistake these attitudes are uh, contagious too often we respond to situations negatively without giving the positive uh, reasoning a chance. You know, the Bible says, if God be for us, who can be against us? We need to be careful as we visit with one another and talk with one another that we don't enable each other in seeing only the negative in any given situation. The fact is that negativity breeds negativity. But have you ever noticed that when you're around positive people and you're having positive conversations, it makes you more positive? 
Number two, negative attitudes will cripple our productivity. Before I read some verses in 1 Kings 19, I want to set the stage for the events that had just transpired. Elijah, the children of Israel, and 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of the groves were all congregated on Mount Carmel. The contest was they was to, that Elijah and the prophets of Baal were going to have two separate altars. They were going to fix these altars and prepare a bullet for sacrifice and not put any fire under the, the altars and call on their God and see which God would answer their prayer and consume the sacrifice. The Bible tells us that the prophets of Baal spent all day long trying their best, calling on their God, cutting themselves, doing everything they could think of to have Baal to answer their prayer, yet they were unsuccessful. Then the Bible tells us that it was Elijah's turn. He built up the altar. He prepared the bullock and put, placed it on the altar. He had the people to pour water over the bullock several times till the water run down and filled the trench uh, uh, that was dug around the altar. Then he called on the God of heaven. And the Bible says fire fell from heaven. And it devoured the sacrifice, the altar, the dirt, and licked up the water that was in the trench. When the people saw this, they fell on their face and said, Behold, the Lord, He is God. What happened next was that uh, they rounded up the uh, prophets of Baal and Elijah slew them. Then this is where it gets kind of sticky. After this happened, word came to Queen Jezebel that all the prophets of Baal had been slain. So she sent a messenger to Elijah and says, I am making a vow that I'm going to take your life by this time tomorrow. So this brings us to uh, where I want to begin reading and 1 Kings 19 and verse 4. Speaking of Elijah, he says, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take my life, for I am not better than my father's. We drop on down to verse number 14. Elijah continues, and he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and have slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it from me, or take it away. You know, at this point, Elijah's... Uh, at this point in Elijah's life, he saw the world through negative eyes. His attitude was one of defeat, and unfortunately, we also indulge in this pity party. 
Elijah's dwelling on what seemed to be a hopeless situation did not make anything better. But it did bring him to despair. And that's exactly what happens when we leave God out of the equation. But God brought Elijah back to reality. He said, I have left 7,000 men in Israel that have not bowed the knee to Baal. And every mouth which has not kissed him. God let the Elijah know, he says, I'm in control. I am still in control. Elijah had lost sight that God had just given him victory over 450 prophets of Baal. He had made them look uh, stupid is the word, I guess, because they weren't able to accomplish what they thought they could. God delivered on his promise. Yet Elijah saw the situation as hopeless. He had forgot that God had sustained him throughout his life. But because of the threat of, that Jezebel made on his life, he could see nothing positive. Then the downward spiral began, and depression set in. Elijah viewed this threat on his life as a hopeless situation. It seemed Elijah had lost faith that God would and could sustain him. You know what happened when uh, Elijah's defeatist attitude took over? His productivity stopped. Negative attitudes will cause us to meet life challenges with the fruits that uh, they bring or that they produce. Anxiety, worry, dissatisfaction, even depression. And all these will cause us to make bad choices. Stephen Covey made the statement, our attitudes affects every aspect of our lives, how we're going to feel each day when we get out of bed. They affect how we're going to perform each day and how productive or non-productive we will be. <clears throat> You know, I want to point out that Satan is the father of all that is negative. In Revelation 12, verse 7 through 8, the Bible says, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. You know, I believe that John was describing an event that actually happened because Jesus said that he had beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven but John used it figuratively to help the first century Christians to understand and prepare them for the persecution they were about to face John was trying to prepare and encourage them to endure this persecution 
and be assured that Satan would not prevail, that Satan would be defeated. John's point was that the negative has always fought against God. But the negative never has nor ever will prevail. And anything that fights against God will not be found in heaven. Number three, our emotions are easily manipulated by other people. When the children of Israel were building the wall of Jerusalem, their, their emotions were manipulated by their enemies. Because of what they were hearing, the negative things they were hearing, their response was fear and hopelessness. In Ezra 4, verse 4 and 5, the Bible says, Then the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in the building and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose. Notice what he says. The enemy was talking negatively. They was, they were, oh, that's what all they was doing. They had never attacked them. But they says, you know, we're going to kill you. And they even hired people to promote this idea. I'm going to go to the book of Nehemiah. It's talking about the same thing, the building of the wall. And he said, and our adversary said, they shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst of them and slay them and cause the work to cease. And it came to pass when the Jews which dwelt by them came, they said unto us ten times, from all places which ye shall return unto us, they will be upon you. Now notice what has happened. They had hired these counselors. They had talked, uh, promoted this negative idea that we're going to kill you. And not only that, but they had said it enough that the, Jew, the Jews that were living there, they kept telling the people that was uh, going to build the wall. Said unto them ten times. These people have said, whenever you start building this wall, we're going to come up among you and kill you. and You're not going to know when we're going to be there. Judah's enemies did not even have to go to war with them. I believe their enemies knew that they could not win. I believe that they knew that the God of heaven would fight their battles. However, they knew that a, a lot of negative talk would put fear and doubt in, people, in the people's minds. And it did. And Judah listened to the negative talk and it accomplished exactly what the, uh, their enemies wanted it to accomplish. It stopped their work. Negative attitudes will cripple us as well. They will sabotage our mission. And if we adopt a, a mindset like Judah, our work will cease. Number four, by altering our perspectives and changing our attitudes, we will be uh, live a happier and more productive life. You know, life has its ups and downs, and we're going to react to them. We can look at life's problems as challenges that will help us grow stronger, 
or his defeats, depending upon our, our attitude. We have talked about the negative, its pits of being negative and its pitfalls, and how traveling down that road will lead us, uh, will not lead us to our ultimate goal. Now the question is, how do we alter this downward spiral? Well, the most obvious is to get into God's Word. Because all things that are positive are of God. Studying God's Word, we are told by the Apostle Paul, will produce faith. It will produce a reliance on our loving God, which promised He would never leave us nor forsake us. And it will take our focus off the things that we could never change in, in the first place. It will take our focus off the turmoil that's going on around us, which is temporal, and put our focus on the spiritual, which is eternal. However, God's Word is like any other instruction manual. It will only work when it is applied. God's Word can alter our thought patterns, and our th when our thought patterns change, so will our behavior. Jesus said that change begins on the inside and works its way out. Jesus told the, the Pharisees, cleanse, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Change begins in our mind, which is the seat of our emotions. Stephen Covey said, a man is what he thinks about all day long. You can approach today with a negative attitude of anxiety or a positive attitude of enthusiasm. Whatever your choice, so will be your day. I read an article by a preacher, and I don't remember his name, but it started me thinking just how I viewed life in general. He asked the question, are you a pessimist? He said pessimists see the negative in every situation. They see bad things all around them and adopt an attitude like Henny Penny, the sky is falling. Now, if I remember the nursery rhymes correctly or whatever you want to call it, this was a hen that a pine cone fell on her head. And she went running around saying the sky is falling. Well, this is what he was talking about. And he gave the example that pessimists see a lemon and his response is lemons are sour. Whereas an optimist tries to see the positive in every situation. And when he sees a lemon... His response is, now I can make lemonade. He said an interesting observation about the first century Christians was the early Christians did not go around saying, look what this world is coming to. Rather, they went out with great joy, joy and told the world, look what has come to the world. It doesn't matter how bad things uh, around us become. God is in control. We sang the song that God is a good, uh, a God of the good times. 
the God of the good times is still God in the bad times. Do we really believe that? We need to be careful that we don't adopt this henny-penny, the sky is falling mindset. Do you remember when Elijah felt that he was the only one that was following God? The only one that even cared about God. He says, I only am left, and they seek to take away my life. That wasn't true then, and it's not true today. There has never been a time in history of the world that everyone has rejected God. Not even in the days of Noah. And just because sin is rampant, the rejection of God is around us every day does not mean that everyone will reject God. It doesn't mean that there's no one wants to follow God. The problem is we have got to get out there and find them. We can wring our hands, adopt the, adopt the defeatist attitude, and let the wheels of productivity stop. Or we can do what we can, correct our lives, seek to help others, and never forget and not be weary in well-doing. And don't forget the promise that we will reap if we faint not. Jesus never promised that we would have a life of bed of roses. On the contrary, he said, in this world you shall have trouble, but be of good cheer, be positive. I have overcome the world. We can develop a mindset that looks for the positive in any given situation. We can develop a mindset that will persevere and never give up, that will face obstacles head on, having faith that God will bring us through and give us victory. I read a sign, and this is probably not the exact quote, but it went something like this. If the Lord brings you to it, he will equip you to handle it. A positive attitude will cause us to meet challenges head on with full confidence that there is a solution. And uh, the end result will be victory over adversity. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say, rejoice. As Christians, we are blessed above all people. In Christ, we have been given the Holy Spirit to guide us. We have been translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son, we have been saved by God's grace and the blood of Jesus. We've been uh, made to sit together in heavenly places. And we have been brought near to God. We have access to the Father through Jesus Christ, His Son. We have been made fellow citizens with the saints. And we are members of the household of God. But above all, we have been given eternal life. Before we were Christians, we were without hope. But now as Christians, what do we have to be negative about? In Psalms 107, beginning with verse number 21,
The psalmist said, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. That they that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to heaven, they go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like drunken men and are at their wit's end. Does that sound familiar? Do we not get that away? When trouble is all around us, we stagger like drunken men. Our soul is melted. We're at our wit's end. Now notice what he said. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad, because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired heaven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for, the, for his wonderful works to the children of men. This concludes my thoughts for the morning. But we want to extend the Lord's invitation. Jesus said, if you're weak, weary and heavy laden, come unto me and I will give you rest. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, the Apostle Paul said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, all things are passed away. All, th all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. It is important to be in Christ. And to be in Christ we must be obedient to the gospel. <clears throat> the Apostle Paul was trying to comfort the Thessalonians. And he said, rest with us. He was talking about Christians. He says, you need to rest. Understand that you're not going to face the things that, that these people that are not uh, obedient to the gospel are going to. And he said there's one day that the Lord Jesus was going to be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel call is open to all. If you have not obeyed the gospel or you have a spiritual need that needs to be corrected, Jesus pleads with you to take care of that this morning. If we could be of assistance, would you come if we stand in thanks?